What's the difference between ignorance and apathy? I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> it's gonna be one of them episodes! Tuesday Night Podcast, the podcast that's all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and even under the gaming table. This is episode 146, and this is an emergency episode. What the hell is an emergency episode? It's an episode where some unforeseen shitstorm happened, preventing us from releasing an episode. Usually a technological failure, and there's not even a B-Team episode at the ready to be released, meaning there's no time for an episode whatsoever. But instead of giving you nothing for a week, here I am giving you some improvised episode, totally off the cuff, totally not planned. Hopefully it'll be fun because I'm going solo this episode. It's just me, Alan Gerding. It's time for the table talk. So in the spirit of being alone and solo, I figured I'd talk about my favorite solo board games. These board games that you play totally by yourself. This isn't going to be a long segment because I can't recommend any. What? For me, the whole point of playing a board game is all about connecting to others. If I really wanted to play a game by myself, <laughs> that's what video games are for. And even when it comes to video games in my own personal taste, well, I prefer games that are played with other individuals. I'm talking local multiplayer, people in the same room, sitting on a couch, playing the same damn video game. Games like Jackbox TV, and Crawl, and Ultimate Chicken Horse, and even Nidhogg, yeah! Pretty much the only video games that I truly play single player are the Dark Souls series and Skyrim. That's pretty much it. But video games that I've been playing lately with multiplayer online, it's been limited, but I've been getting into Heroes of Hammerwatch, and you can play that alone, not as good as when you're playing with someone else. I still play Dead by Daylight. My Steam username is Alan Gerding, A-L-A-N-G-E-R-Ding. Check me out. But when it comes to board games, I just can't justify sitting there playing solitaire. You have to do all of the maintenance, all of the upkeep. Where do the cubes go? How many decks? I have to shuffle these things, but I have to keep track of how many victory points, etc. What? If that floats your boat, I've got a house that you can come over and clean. Those organizational skills just being used for fun? Well, let me tell you, I have a real fun game for you you can play solo. It's called Organizing My Sack Drawer, You, or Alphabetizing or Categorizing My Gigantic Game Collection. <laughs> Come on over. It's a terrific solo game. But let me get back on track. Playing a tabletop game solo requires a whole bunch of upkeep and maintenance. That's why I prefer single player board games as apps. 
So on my phone, I play a ton of tabletop games solo. Usually while pooping. But the app does all the upkeep and maintenance for me. For instance, I've long sung the praises for Ascension. Ascension is one of the original deck building games. I even used it to propose to my wife, the actual hard physical version, not the app. Playing solo against a single computer opponent is fantastic. It has this strong advantage where you don't have to wait too long for them to take their turn. To the point when you play in real person, you think, why is this taking forever? Hearthstone is great. You play against other people online on your phone, or you can do some of their quest modes. That's fun as hell too. In fact, Burgle Bros, that's a great cooperative game, but it's also pretty damn cool on your own on the phone because it's so quick and it's still so freaking hard, man. I cannot beat Burgle Bros, but probably one out of six times, if that. Anywho, all that to say, it's all about the apps. And in fact, some of the apps you can play solo when you can't do it in real life. One of my favorite games that I love to play via my phone is Lords of Waterdeep. If you don't know Lords of Waterdeep, I don't know what rock you've been living under. It's the excellent strategy board game for two to five players. It takes place within the Dungeons and Dragons universe. So you got your thieves and your warriors and ooh. It's worker placement and engine building. What you do is you have your little workers, you send them to different spots, but you can also buy spots that you yourself use for free where other players have to pay to use them. So it almost has that Monopoly-esque feel to it. Oh, you need to use my hotel? You have to pay up, sucker. But this two to five player excellent game does not have to be two to five players. No, no, no. In fact, I'll even go so far as to say it's one of my favorite app games ever. Solo, single player. Where you don't have to wait for players to get through their analysis paralysis. I can't emphasize this enough. Oh my goodness. I don't even play Lords of Waterdeep with human beings anymore. No. But maybe I should, because I bet I'm pretty decent at Lords of Waterdeep at this point. <laughs> Smashing all those computer players. Maybe the computer's too easy. I don't know. And I haven't even tried to find out yet because I'm spending all my damn time on my phone playing against a computer instead of regular human beings with eyeballs and other parts of human anatomy. Hmm. <laughs> So what about actual games? Because I feel like I keep cheating. Even Onorim, if I'm saying that name correctly, which is essentially like a nightmare in a box. It's that abstract single player card game that sees players attempting to escape a nightmare dream world. And you do this by playing cards of matching colors and alternating symbols in order to open doors. It's a super simple game with a unique theme and the art is beautiful. And even that, people usually argue, that's the number one solo card game. Own a rim. On a rim. On, on your rim. I don't know. But even own a rim. I play on my phone instead because then I don't have to go down my damn basement, pull it off the shelf, shuffle it up. It's all handled on the phone. Now, you could totally be disagreeing with everything I say. Some of you may be shouting at the top of your lungs, Blasphemy! Blasphemer! Burn! Burn! And if that is the case, please let me know. Podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com I'd love to hear your counter-arguments. I'd also love to hear your recommendations. 
And I can tell you some games that pretty much I started playing on my own and then realized this is just way too much upkeep. I can't do this, it's way too slow. So for instance, Mage Knight. Mage Knight, I heard, is better with fewer people because you don't want to bog it down. I heard the same thing about Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven, you have to have special rules to do it solo. There's not as much downtime because a lot of the downtime in Gloomhaven is waiting for the other players to take their turns. That's why when I play Gloomhaven, I like to play it two-player. Anywho, going back to Mage Knight, it was released in 2011. It's become synonymous with solo gaming because so many people say, ah, yeah, it's, it's best played on your own, not with other players. Play Mage Knight solo, yeah. It's the sprawling fantasy epic from Vlada, so it's a Vlada game. If you're in the mood for like fighting monsters, leveling up, exploring the fantasy dungeon diving, well then, this game just might be for you. But here's my problem with it. You have to set aside a large chunk of time, not just to read the rules, but to play the game, because the game can last up to like three hours. And I think, and I'm not criticizing here, I'm just saying for me personally, I'm not saying for everyone out there, but once I got an hour and a half into it, I started questioning my life choices. Like, what am I doing? The amount of time I'm spending, there has to be a video game that does this better, but even with video games, I start feeling like, man, you're a full-time psychology professor. You got family and friends that you're neglecting. What are you doing? You should be hanging with them. It's just way too masturbatory for me. But maybe if I was in prison, I would totally play Mage Knight on my own. I could see it set up in my cell. Yeah, no problem. How about Friedman Fries, the designer who always makes games that start with the letter F. He made a game called Friday, and this was made from the ground up to be a solo adventure, where a lot of other games need special rules to be a solo game. Now, not Friday. It's a deck builder designed for exactly one player. Now, trust me, I love deck builders. Players in this game take on the role of Friday as he assists Robin Caruso in becoming a survivalist on a deserted island. So the game has a very strong emphasis on luck, but it's very thematic because your survival deck improves as you spend more time on the island, which kind of represents like Robinson Crusoe improving his survival skills as the years pass, just horribly alone. Wilson! Wilson! So the randomness of this game also lends to a fun press your luck element to the game. It makes you feel amazing once you overcome it. And by the way, I'm also a sucker for press your luck. So add in push your luck and deck building. I'm excited, but that has to compete with the solo version of it. In fact, I think it would even be better if it was a phone app. Do they have an app version of this? Friday game app. Checking this out. Ba -ba -ba -bum. Oh my God, they have, it's an app? Oh, sh isn't it? Well, I should end this episode so I can go ahead and check it as an app. Looks like my poop time is going to be on Fridays. <laughs> Damn it. All right, here's another one, and we'll probably end here. We've talked a lot about this game because I love it. Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. <laughs> Wait.
where you get to step into the shoes of literature's greatest detective in a board game equivalent of a mystery novel. More like a choose-your-own-adventure mystery novel. With Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, it comes with a whole bunch of scenarios, and there's different versions of it too. I think there's a Jack the Ripper version, which I haven't gotten into. I only have the base one, and I haven't gotten far into it. But it has a map of London, and a dress directory, with a newspaper for the current day and time, and the clues are embedded somewhere in there. So think of it as a choose-your-own-adventure game, but instead of choosing pages that you turn to, you're choosing locations, which then correspond to pages in a book, and you read what happens there. But I have to warn you, this game is not easy. Each adventure presents a small amount of setup and exposition, basically like an introductory story, and then just pushes you into the deep end of the pool. You're in the city without much direction, leaving you to decide which locations to visit, who to accuse, and it gives you a chance to try to live up to Sherlock Holmes' reputation, but in the end, a lot of time, you and your friends just feel like dumbasses for not seeing all the clues, while at the same time, during the game, you feel so brilliant because of the threads that you were able to find. Threads of mystery, <laughs> This game does not hold your small elementary school hand, and that it doesn't tell you, oh, it was the butler who did the murder. No, instead it will give you the clues and you have to piece them together for you yourself to figure out it was the butler. I've had so much fun with this game, so much fun with Mythos Tales, which is basically the H.P. Lovecraft themed version of Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, that on one particularly lonely day when I should have been doing work, I thought, you know what, maybe I'll try playing Sherlock Holmes totally on my own. And as I was playing this game, all that I can think about is how much I missed my sister Elizabeth taking her very diligent notes in her beautiful handwriting, telling us certain aspects we may have forgot during strategic points of our adventure. Or Sir Weenie going through the directory guide doing his part, horribly so, not being able to find the correct cemetery. And other players delving into the map, realizing that if the killer went south of Main Street, then they must be at this location. And all the other players contributing their own ideas ideas and theories as to who did it and when with what and maybe even why instead there I am alone in my basement with this map and book trying to be smart but proving nothing to anybody but myself and I think instead of showing myself how smart I am all I really proved was how lonely I was no anyway I'll stop there. I've probably bored you enough with the solo game experience on this emergency solo episode. I'd love to hear your ideas on solo games. You can email us podcast at Tuesday Night Games or you could tweet us at PlayTKG. That would be fantastic. Don't want to waste any more of your time, but please come back next week where I promise it won't just be my dumb jaw gabbing away. We'll have our guests back again, a little bit Sean McCoy and some Nave Tonight submissions for your ears to be tantalized. But I think with that being said, this episode is... Holmes, my old boy, I do deduce that this episode is finished.
Hey, thank you so much for listening to that episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. We want to ask a small favor of you to help us support the show. The easiest thing you could do is leave us a review on iTunes. It's knaves, knights, and nobles alike you when leaving a review on iTunes that helps other knaves discover this podcast. So thank you for taking the time to listen, and doubly thanks for taking the time to review us on iTunes. You're the best.